Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Good to see you guys. Thank God for great weather. So today... I want to connect a few dots. I want to explore how the rise and complexity of interest rates, stay with me, xenophobia, cancel culture, all converge at the foot of the cross. First, the rise and complexity of interest rates. This is going to be fun. When free market economies are left to their own devices, they usually have a propensity to be volatile because of individual greed and fear. And this is why tense, precarious moments of the market happens. Your 401ks, the bond market are all affected by monetary policy, because why? Monetary policy is not just instruments to control the economy. It's what? It's to mitigate human nature. Just like recently, a few years ago in the subprime crisis, what did we see? The market is not just computer algorithms. They're what? They're buyers and sellers. Tell tell someone next to you in your blankets, they're buyers and sellers. Are you buying Bitcoin? So what happened at subprime? Certain classes of assets called derivatives in the real estate market were selling so precipitously that most banks could not classify what they were worth. And because the panic and fear, people kept selling, leading to almost financial Armageddon. So monetary policy through interest rates, tries to regulate that greed and fear. And we all have experienced this in our own lives. We want to win. We don't want to lose. But it affects other people. So that that human nature, the lens of human nature, is necessary when we come to the foot of the cross. Because without that lens, you'll miss the forest for the trees. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. History repeats itself. What are we dealing with when we deal with human nature? We're dealing with what? Sin. Tell someone next to you, sin. Tell them you're a sinner. You know, people act all nice when you first meet, then you really get to know them. (laughs) Or when you get married, whoa. (laughs) Or when you start dating. You know, dating is a deception in itself. You dress the best. You know, you clean up real nice, and then you six months later, you're like, what happened to you? <laughs> the 20-pound gain of eating, you know, all that stuff. But it's human nature. Scripture 
for the last 6,000 years, constructed the idea of human nature, having the propensity and proclivity toward greed. Someone could look civilized, but they're really a gangster in disguise. And they have gangster-like proclivity, like I always say. So, that's why interest rates are on the rise and complex. But at the same time, if you use that lens, you apply to xenophobia. Xenophobia is on the rise. AAPI reported 300, 800, 3,800 hate incidents since the pandemic. In 2019, there was two. 2020, there's 28. That's an incredible increase. But if you deduct the idea of sinful nature from humanity, then we're always getting woke all the time. We're surprised that people are sinful. Look at the person next to you in your blanket. Do they look sinful to you? No, they don't. Unless you know them. <laughs> if, you're, if your spouse is next to you, like, yeah, they're sinful. <laughs> but if you, if you do, really do deduct the idea of human nature from xenophobia, then we're always woke. Well, I can't believe that's happening in 2021. Free markets, like free markets, free economies, and free democracies tend to be volatile because of what? An individual greed and fear. So just like monetary policy, economies, democracies have to what? To perfect their union because in times of great uncertainty, people give into their worst fear. In traumatic fear. Look at COVID rates. The rise of COVID rates is directly correlated to human nature. What well, even health policy, public health policy, is to what? Is to curb not statistics, is to what regulate behavior. Right? You don't want to wear your mask because that infringes on your freedom, but then it affects someone else's what? Freedom to live. We're all based on a human contract. So if, if we're woke about sin, then coming to this conversation of xenophobia, I don't think we're going to really understand it. Just like I said, greed is nothing new and fear is nothing new. In the height of John D. Rockefeller, he was asked one point at the peak of his wealth, who had a network net worth of 1% of the entire U.S. economy, how much money is enough? What did he say? A little more. Tell someone next to you a little more. Right? So greed, a little more. Even public health, I just want a little more freedom, even if it infringes upon others and violates them, can hurt them. But no one said it better than the iconic hip-hop theologian, 50 Cent. Get rich or die trying. So greed is nothing new. Fear is nothing new. But xenophobia is on the rise. And it's complex, though. And many have said 
that Trumpism and the incendiary remarks from Trumpism is why xenophobia is on the rise, especially against Asian Americans. And that's partially the case. But that's not the only determinant, and that's why it's on the rise, but it's also complex. And I want you to, with me today, develop a moral imagination, think critically about this, because it will be very critical to how we respond and meet Jesus at the cross and meet sinners at the cross and meet our own sin at the cross. Because this is nothing new. In 1882, in the Chinese Exclusion Act in the Bay, in the Pacific Coast, was a direct consequence of Chinese laborers, what, preventing those white settlers, laborers in San Francisco from unionizing since most Chinese workers were willing to take any type of pay. And that what? Threatened the interest of those that were here first. This xenophobia is not just based on racism. It's based on fear and greed. Again, history repeats itself. Coupon in Korea, Alibaba, TikTok, Asian companies are on the rise. This Asian sentiment is not just against Asians, it's against Asia. Why? Because it threatens America's power. So for those of you today that are afraid of this sentiment, you need to understand that it's not because you're being ostracized because you're inferior you're an Asian American, it's because you pose a threat by association to Asia that there is a what? Struggle of power. So if you're feeling down, you're feeling low, you're like, when is this going to change? Remember, they ended slavery in 1865, but a hundred years after, Lyndon Johnson had to sign a Voting Rights Act to end Jim Crow. So there's this polarity that takes place in history. So what are we going to do then? What's the, what's the response, folks? Are we going to cancel everybody? Because the truth is, how many people here sitting in your blankets are perfect? Raise your hand if you're perfect, like me. I'm perfectly sinful. In the end, if you cancel people because of a lack of nuance in thinking, then we have to cancel everybody. Like these woke millennials in San Francisco. They canceled Abraham Lincoln. How do, tell someone, you gotta tell someone, your, how did they cancel Abel Lincoln? That's honest ape. You can't cancel Abraham Lincoln. Are you kidding? You, you're overreacting. You go, well, Abraham Lincoln wasn't pro anti-slavery enough. Are you out of your mind? In 1865, if Lincoln didn't procure those votes, I mean, do you see our Congress now? Do they get anything done? They're always at a gridlock. It's the same thing, and it was worse in 1865. Abraham Lincoln knew if he didn't pass that amendment, that 13th Amendment before the war was over, the abolition of slavery could have happened in 1965. Sometimes we have to look at history through critical lenses. You can't cancel everyone. Because this is exactly what's happening in this passage. They're trying to cancel Jesus. They thought, this Galilean is stirring trouble, not only in Nazareth, but in the Roman Empire. It's creating what? Instability. Just like free markets, free economies, 
free people, what happened? Fear and greed crucified Jesus. More than they feared him, they feared losing power. But what is Jesus' response? In the worst day of his life, in the worst moment of his life, on the cross, does he respond in canceling the Roman Empire? Does he cancel the criminals that's hung next to him? No. Two responses. Cancel culture and redeeming culture. Folks, we as a church, we as believers are called to redeem culture. Tell someone next to you, to redeem. You're like, I don't know. But I'm mad. What about what about the Old Testament? Eye for now, you want to bring up the Old Testament? What about eye for eye? What about life for life? That's why we follow Jesus. That's why Jesus is the hope of the world. That's why the gospel is good news. Because no matter what you've done or how far you've gone, no matter how far you seem even morally corrupt, and just like the criminals that were hanging next to him on the cross that society has pronounced as not reconstructed. They were not redeemable, Jesus says. Today, I'm going to redeem you. And he redeemed one when he reached out. So there's the cancel culture, and there's the redeeming culture. And that's why we follow Jesus today. That's why we look to his example Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is our example. So today, as we come back to the foot of the cross, as we see through the lenses of human nature and monetary policy, and xenophobia, and even our reaction in cancel culture, there's a better way. There's a transcending calling. That's what God is calling us to be. And yes, we all fail. But that's why we have to look to him again. We cannot look around, look within. We have to what? Look up. And say, Jesus, lead my life again. Jesus, change me to be more like you. That's the Christian response. And that's the gospel. Scandalous grace shown on the cross. Stand with me. For those of us that are afraid, it can even feel traumatic for some of those of us who are Asian American. You might be afraid for your grandma or grandpa or, or your mom. And you might see the 
the news cycles talking about all this hate and you feel afraid yourself. The human response is to cancel ignorance, racism, I want to just say, first of all, before we even move to an application or an action, that God sees your trauma. A friend of mine in Vancouver, British Columbia, is a pediatric ER doctor in Vancouver British Hospital. In the very beginning of COVID, an elderly man from Canada came to her who's Korean American, who Korean Canadian. He was freaked out and he said, Doctor, I think I got COVID. Can you please check I don't have COVID? And my friend said, why do you think you have COVID? And he said, well, I went to church yesterday and there was someone Asian descent sitting next to me and I think I got COVID. She was shocked. Because Canada is supposed to be progressive. People wanted to leave in 2016, go to Canada. We think geographically progressive states or cities or countries will shield us from xenophobia in times of great uncertainty and fear, but they won't. People, when people are afraid, they will do anything, say anything. It's not even logical. So this is a hard response, but what does Jesus say? Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Our response is no, they know exactly what they're doing. They're white supremacists. No, no, no. There's black on Asian crime. There's Latino on Asian crime. It's everyone and it's everyone, everybody. No one is exempt. Fear brings out the worst of us. The systemic nature at work is what? It's not ideologies, it's sin. And that's why we come to the foot of the cross. Because that's the only hope there is for this world. Jesus not canceling us because of our sin, but redeeming us because of it. That's the gospel. So let's pray today for a redeeming culture of grace, a scandalous grace. And God promises you he will never let you go. He will, be, he will be right here with you through it all. 
but let's forgive because they don't know what they're doing. They're in a systemic game of fear and greed. And it's bringing out the worst. We can't overcome hate with hate. We have to overcome hate with love. So we come to the cross. Father, we come before you this afternoon, not in despair, but with hope. Not with cynicism, but faith. Because this is nothing new. It's sin and the expression manifesting itself throughout history. 
1982, in 1865, 1965, 2021, round and round it goes. I pray in this time of tension, Father, we pray that you teach us once again, sin is not new, and human nature does not change. God could have canceled all of us, but instead he forgave us to redeem us. And that's why the gospel is good news. And that's why the local church is the only hope of the world. So will you bow your heads for the benediction today? the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Enjoy your time in the park. Your sandwich is right at your blanket. God bless you. Amen.